For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with chicken soup for the soul. Their dog food is made with real quality ingredients. It provides well-balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes coming at you guys after a wonderful Labor Day. Sorry, even we took a day off. We're like, you know what, Monday? Do we want to work? And I told Matt, no, I want to lay on my couch and do absolutely nothing. Matt, how you doing? I'm good, man. I, I had a good day of no labor on Labor Day. You? I, I See, why don't they call it Labor Off Day? I've actually wondered this because it slightly irritates me. Labor Day makes me think that I have to do a lot of work. So I actually did mow. I mowed the lawn because I'm like, I can't do nothing then. It's not in the spirit of Labor Day. Let me be laborious. <laughs> laborious. I, I didn't do much though. What about you? <laughs> we uh, so we took our family to meet some other friends and their family, and we Airbnb'd this like we thought it was like a cute cabin based on the pictures, but it turns out to be this place where like deer hunters go. There were thirty six deer head mounted on the wall, with another like ten antlered animals around the room. Like there were like nearly 50 huge sets of antlers and crazy. It was just nuts, man. It felt like we were in the beginning of some horror film. Um, and the place was like filthy. It was like where people go to hunt. Then they bring the deer back and slaughter it right there. And then basically go to bed to do it all over again the next day. And we brought all of our kids. Yeah. Anyway, we were dumb. Con- <laughs> We were dumb consumers and the place was like, I'm sure I got the new Ebola strains and and every COVID virus yet to come. We'll see how this goes. But anyway, it was a good time. It was just really, it was a crazy place. Crazy. That, that literally sounds like a horrible time. I would rather mow. Like I, (laughs) I do not want to stay in a place where it smells like dead animals. No, excuse me. I I do not want to do that. That sounds horrible. Uh, before we get into everything, give you guys a little rundown of the show today. We're going to talk about the week one unofficial depth chart. We're going to talk about Willie Gay Jr. and his injury. Talk about the Chiefs rookie of the year contenders, breakup players, Browns, Chiefs predictions. Before we get to all of that, I do have to say, go to manscaped.com. Go there right now. Use 
promo code fansided 20 percent <laughs> off and free shipping uh the manscape the 4.0 the lawnmower 4.0 it is fantastic again i've said it before i'll say it again way better than scissors whatever you guys are using around the house whatever you guys are doing that's not the lawnmower 4.0 you are doing yourself a disservice it has a the- led what was well, that is that it's the- got a spotlight is- on it dude Dude, is is that the work you were saying you were doing on Labor Day? Is that the lawn mowing you were talking about? That's the lawn mowing you were doing. You like, I'm just telling you, you got your body, your balls, even Uranus. Like, it, it does planets, man. It can do it all. <laughs> this thing shaves everything. Um, I, I'm just saying. You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't go to manscaped.com. Use promo code FANSIDED20, free shipping and 20% off. All right. Let's talk about balls and not about Manscaped. We don't need to talk about those type of balls. We're talking about football. We're talking about Chiefs. We're talking about the unofficial depth chart that just came out. What were your initial takeaways? Man, um, I'm having some reactions to some of these choices made. Like, can we talk for a minute about four tight ends, right? Like, Like, right when Jody Fortson made the roster. And Noah Gray and Blake Bell and Travis Kelsey, of course. Like when they all make the roster, everyone's applauding. And I was like, good for him. And man, so glad no other team has him over other people. And then when I see the final roster and the depth chart going into another week, I'm like, wait a minute. I don't like, like, I like the idea of having Fortson. I don't like the idea of having the years four tight end slots, like at that position. I don't like the fact that Willie Gay's injury makes us carry six linebackers, including Dorian O'Daniel, by the way, right? So suddenly I'm like, we're using 10 guys at tight end and linebacker combined. I hate it. So I'm not sure how to feel about some of these things. I mean, obviously the injury to Willie Gay Jr., we can get into what it, we can get into what that means, but I like I, like some of these spots right now have a disproportional amount of players at them. And one of them, I even applauded at first because it's a great story for the individual. But when it comes to like putting together an economical roster with the right amount of players at each spot, like are the chiefs really going to get roster value from TE four or are we sort of like living some sort of weird, like it's a good story, but does it have, meaningful on-field value they're gonna have to show me that like like that was my first thought what do you think yeah well you're just missing the point of the one time they use all four tight ends at once and it's (laughs) just absolutely badass it will completely be worth it no i get it and you bring up a lot of very good points we were all extremely excited when jody fortune made the roster because we felt like he deserved it it's an amazing story it's it's fantastic. But then, like you said, I'm looking at it and I'm like, how often is Jody Fortson going to be used? How often is Noah Gray going to be used? Travis Kelsey right. is on this roster. He's the best tight end in the NFL. As much as we're like, let's give him a series off. I think Blake Bell or Noah Gray could handle a series. I mean, he's still going to be playing 95% of the snaps, right? It's not like Travis Kelsey's all of a sudden going to be like, you know what, guys? I'm only going to play the, the first and fourth quarter. You know, yeah, I'm 100% with you. It's a great story, 
but there are question marks of the actual usage that's going to be going around with Jody Fortson, linebacker the same. I really like Darius Harris. I'm so glad he made the roster. I think he brings uh, a lot more than Dorian O'Daniel. But like you said, Willie Gay Jr.'s injury, I, I, it must be a little bit more serious, the, the turf tour than, than turf toe, than we're all um, maybe led on to believe because O'Daniel's oh, basically just a special teamer, right? Yeah. And Ben Neiman, uh, he's, he's a guy. He's there. He sure is. You know, I don't have anything against Ben Neiman. He's fine. But when you overhaul and use two second-round draft picks in the past two drafts and you're starting Ben Neiman uh, over Nick Bolton, you know, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence. Yeah. You know, though, let's – like, I don't – well, I guess in a way, though, they have three rookies starting on the offensive line, so they're not opposed to putting a rookie in there. But but I I guess I take a little bit of heart knowing that like Ben Neiman starting on paper doesn't necessarily mean Ben Neiman getting like all of like a regular starter's snaps. Like I'm assuming sure. Nick Bolton's going to be in there sooner than later and and eating up a lot of those reps, especially as he gets more and more comfortable. So you know, maybe that's more of a, just a, a a look, you know, like maybe he starts the game in the base defense and then quickly gives way the, you know, Neiman is a Neiman is a contributing player. If you ask him to do something that he's like capable of doing, and we've all grown to kind of like loathe Ben Neiman for some in chief's kingdom, because the chief put him in a position and ask him to do things that he's not capable of doing. So, you know, what's he supposed to do? Go out there say, I'm sorry, I'm not capable of doing that. I'm not going to try. Like that's on the coaches. So, um, you know, he's still around. He is a contributor. I I think they've learned that lesson. I think they'll put Bolton in sooner than later. But, you know, I mean, but you're right. You know, it's frustrating to see, you know, we all want to see the the trio out there and we want to see the young guys succeed. Um, and again, I'm surprised that O'Daniel made it. So what were some of your other thoughts there in terms of the, the depth chart and, and how things came out? Mike Hughes, starting linebacker. There you go right there. Corner, cornerback. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I'm an absolute and utter buffoon. You knew what I meant. and I. Well, you want ta- him to take over for Ben Neiman so badly. I, you I, want, I want Ben Neiman Mike out Hughes so out. badly. You'll take Mike Hughes there instead. <laughs> no, Mike Hughes at cornerback. Just to me, it was a little bit of a surprise. Not after everything that, that happened during the preseason, it's not a surprise. But when the initial you know, trade, the initial OTAs training camp was going down, we were all so high on DeAndre Baker and Mike Hughes was basically a non-story. It was a throwaway. It was, all right, I guess we got this guy. We'll see what happens. You know, former former first rounder, he had talent, but, you know, we'll see. Everyone was counting on DeAndre Baker to be, if not a starter, maybe the, the first corner off the bench. Well, looks like it's going to be Mike Hughes getting the honors alongside Legereus Sneed and Traverius Ward. That only bodes well, in my opinion, uh, for Kansas City that they have that much faith. He's come along that far in just such a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah, and you didn't even bring up his return ability, which he he just looked like the decisive returner that we've been waiting uh, for someone to be back there uh, on punt returns, especially. 
So, you know, I mean, if that keeps McCole Hardman focused on the offense, it, you know, Dave Tobe made no secret of his longing for Demarcus Robinson to stop monkeying around <laughs> back there. Right. So, so here's, so uh, yeah, it looks like they have not only a special teams performer in that low level trade, you know, like I think they flipped a future, what seventh for, um, or maybe it was like a sixth for a, for a seventh. And he is, I forget the, the actual deal there, but yeah, what, you know, what a great return there to have a slot corner. I, I will say, I, I even thought that, remember when they signed Will Parks, um, former Denver Bronco guy earlier this year, like he was a safety slash slot corner. I thought higher of him than I did Mike Hughes. So Mike Hughes, you're right, is one of the best stories, um, you know, coming out of that secondary. Uh, and they're still deep because they still have Baker that you mentioned. They still have Rashad Fenton. Um, I, I love this cornerback group. That's, of course, led by Legereus Sneed and, and Shavarius Ward out there, too. Uh, McCall Hardman getting the first shot at wide receiver two again, according to the unofficial in air quotes depth chart from Kansas city. Yeah. Not a, not a surprise. I'm not surprised by it, but it's going to be a timeshare. And I just don't know, like who do you think in in game one is going to garner the most snaps between, you know, Hardman D Rob and Byron Pringle. Who who do you think is going to garner the second most? Behind really, Tyreek, obviously. Yeah, I really think it is Hardman. I think it's Hardman and then another level where the others fight it out. Hmm. Um, and I, I think that's because of Hardman's natural speed. I think it's because of the second round investment. I think this preseason, we've seen them really try to feed him a lot of targets when like Tyreek was out in that, what, second preseason game. So yeah, I I just think it's there. It's his for the taking. And I think they're going to, give it to him early on to see if he does take it. If not, I think, you know, I think we see Pringle really kind of make some, some moves there, but do you think it's more of a competition than that? Or do you, or do you agree that, that Hardman's going to be kind of offered this from the outset? You know, I want to see Hardman, you know, take it and run with it because I think he has the most upside. I think you can't teach quickness and speed. Um, but uh, at some point, I do think route running, yeah, you can teach it, but maybe part of it is innate because he doesn't get any separation for having that much physical gifts and tools. I think Demarcus Robinson is still going to get a lot of playing time this year. The He obviously has a lot of trust. I think Patrick and him seem to be on the same page more often. Maybe in a blowout or against teams that, you know, the Chiefs are comfortable against. We'll see more McCall, but I think when it comes down to if it's a close game and you need someone to be out there that you trust, we'll probably see D Rob. They like what he brings, especially when it comes to uh, blocking. I, I think De- Demarcus Robinson is a very good team player. He does a lot of the little things that go unnoticed. I just have a hard time believing in a very close game. You know, McCall is going to be the guy when he has been the one guy who's been most not on the same page with Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough call, man. I mean, uh, a lot of people have closed the book on McCall Hardman. I mean, that's just, that's just true. Um, that I think everyone could admit he's young. I think everyone could admit he still has half of his rookie deal to go. 
I think everyone could admit that it does take some time for, for people to develop and they would still say, Oh, but when it comes to McCall Harmon, we've seen what he can do and that's over and done with, but there's a vacuum of production there to be filled by someone and a team intent on getting him the ball. I'm just, I don't want to write the, I don't want to write him off too early. I hope the book is still open. And, you know, I think all of, you know, for those who have written him off, I think we'd all love to be wrong. So, you know, here's hoping that week one tells a different story. By the way, by the way, we talk about all these guys, but is it just me or do you expect the new fullback like Michael Burton to suddenly break out with a hundred yards receiving and three touchdowns against the Browns on Sunday? Okay. Only a hundred yards for Burton. You're, you're being very, come on now. Burton's going for at least 150, maybe maybe give him two. There's like a secret replace sausage campaign in the offensive game plan for this week. That's going to blow us all away. What's his nickname? What's Burton? Since the sausage is obviously that's Anthony Sherman. Does Burton get something? Hurting Burton? Hurting for Burton. Burton for certain? (laughs) Uh, Burton Ernie? Dude, we're... Is it Burton Ernie? I love it. uh, No, I don't. Unless Ernie Ells is coming out of golf retirement to to somehow join Burton (laughs) in the backfield. I I don't like Burton Ernie. That would be a great podcast, though. Burton and Ernie Ells, I think I would... I've never heard Burton talk, I don't think, either. So maybe <laughs> maybe not, but if he has anything to add, I think Burton and Ernie Ells would be a really good Burton-Ernie podcast. We'll have to have him on the show to hear his voice. Anyway, <laughs> we're out of control already. We're not even halfway through the show. You're listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We'll be right back after a short break. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We're here with Sterling Holmes. My name is Matt Connor. The Browns are ahead. Uh, we've got a full season underway, and just I mean, we're just a couple nights from opening uh, from the opening of the season on Thursday Night Football. Let's talk Chiefs season predictions before we get into game predictions. Sterling, what do you have? Like a final one loss record for the Chiefs that you just want to throw out there on the front end? Oh, 14 and three. Lock it up. Take it to the bank. 14 and three. What three franchises are they losing to? Uh, I mean, any given Sunday is who they're losing to. Oh, gosh. AGS, baby. Dude, it's it happens. It's like betting on the field or something. Well, of course it is. I, I'm not an idiot. Did you think that the Chiefs were ever going to lose to like the Colts a couple of years ago, injuries happen. Everyone likes to pretend that, well, if the Chiefs would have been healthy, well, yeah, if any team would have been healthy, injuries are part of the game. We're not playing Madden with the injury sliders turned off, okay? It happens. Injuries That's not are true. part of the game. That's not true. The Houston Texans could be fully healthy, and they're still going to lose. Well, I get that, but my point is... <laughs> Injuries are a part of football. No, I get it. I get it. And so people always like to say, well, if they wouldn't have gotten hurt, well, every team goes through injuries. It, it yeah, happens yeah. as part of the game. It's violent. So, hey, I look, the Raiders rose up and won last year at Arrowhead. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. So, 14 and three. If you're going to ask me to pick games, good luck. Maybe, maybe the Bills get one, the Ravens, but I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be favorited in probably every single game they're in this season. Yeah. But, does the favorite always win? If you're a better, if you always bet on the favorite, you know you don't always win. 
So yeah, I think fourteen and three. I think they win the Super Bowl, and I think they do it over the Rams. Spicy, spicy. You're, you're loving Matt Stafford. Oh, big time. Dude, all, all he's had in his career has been Calvin Johnson and then nothing and like a whole bunch of peewee players. So <laughs> the fact that he now gets to go to a team with a bona fide elite defense, the fact that the Rams have very solid wide receivers all around, um, you know, I don't think the Rams are going to be like a 14 and three regular season team. But I think they're maybe eleven and six, maybe twelve and five. Very tough division, so they're going to beat up on each other. But I think the winner in the NFC is going to come from the West. Mm. I mean, the Bucks were eleven and five last year and looked looked mortal. And then you know, of course, they decimated the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, you know, there's there's nothing to sneer at if a team does lose five six games in the regular season. Um, you know, it only matters those last few games of the year. So. I get it. So who I, do you got? I think the Chiefs go 16-1, and one, and I think the only one loss is the final week of the season when they rest all their starters. Oh, how's that Kool-Aid? What flavor? Obviously, <laughs> I guess cherry red. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just drinking it all, man. I just don't think there's even a competition uh, to be had here, to be frank. I think the Chiefs run the table behind a brand-new um, offensive line. I mean, unless there's a catastrophic injury and I don't even mean an injury to like Orlando Brown Jr. I still think the Chiefs run the table if if even like a key player goes down. I think if they lose one of the five guys who were in the NFL's top 100, you've got a problem. Other than that, I think the Chiefs run the table like they said they want to. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've got. Dude, I just in today's NFL, I think it is nearly, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying extremely, extremely difficult to go uh, 16-1, 17-0. I mean, that extra game, you don't know if people are getting set. And like you said, that's why you have them losing the one game because you think they'll be sitting starters. But the NFL at this point, there's just so much talent. Uh, There's so many good quarterbacks in today's NFL. Um, Analytics are starting to drive the way the game is being played. Their teams are throwing more. Again, no one expected the Raiders to beat Kansas City last year. They did it in a analytical way, an untraditional way for the Raiders, but a, a way where they go, every team's trying to run against Kansas City, right? That's not working. Their offense is too talented. So w- the only way to beat them is to go score for score, go over the top and take advantage of a, at the time, what was a decently weak secondary, you know? I think that's the only way teams can beat Kansas City is going over the top. And if all teams try going over the top and they hit on some deep throws, I think it's possible that Kansas City could lose a game or two that they're obviously expected to win. Yeah. Look, I I wouldn't disagree that it's possible. But here's what I think. You said in today's NFL, and my response to that is, I understand that sentiment, but I think the Chiefs are setting today's NFL. I don't, I don't think there's a general today's NFL. I think the Chiefs are so far ahead, even in like a talent balanced league. The Chiefs, by voter, by like voted on by their peers, the Chiefs have five of the top 58 players in the entire league of 32 teams. So everyone else is the one balanced in talent. Everyone else is the one trying to learn this analytics and catch up to what the chiefs are doing. 
I think the Chiefs are 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 so leading the pack. And to even reinforce my point even more, they didn't lose a single meaningful coach or coordinator. Everyone's back. Like no one pillaged their leadership at all. The front office, the the sidelines, everyone's back with that much more experience, that much better communication, that much more on the same page when it comes to the kind of team they know they want to build for the long haul. Mahomes in his fourth season, Clyde in his second season, an offensive line that actually gives you time. I, I I just don't buy it. I think they have way more talent, way smarter coaching, way better organizational culture. I think I think whatever the Chiefs do is what the NFL is today. And, and until uh, yeah, I, I, you could tell, I just drank a whole pitcher of Kool Aid. So yeah, there it is. You did because, and while I agree, they are the leading the leaders. They're the trendsetters in today's NFL. One hundred percent agree. I, I'm not disagreeing. But if that's the case, they would have gone undefeated last year. They would have won the Super Bowl last year. And I get it. You can say injuries, but they still lost in the regular season, right? I, if, if that's the case, yeah. the year they won the Super Bowl, the games when they weren't injured, they would have won every single game, right? So, yeah, while they are the leaders, I still have an any given Sunday approach. It's why they play the games or else if the game was played on paper, what's the point of playing? Hey, look, if you want to be a hater. If you, yeah, four, if you, 14 and three and Super Bowl winners, that's a hater. Gosh, if that's hey, a hater, we got to <laughs> pump the brakes. Let's uh, let's do this. Uh, who's the MVP of this team on both sides of the ball? You can't say Patrick Mahomes. Okay, but really quickly, though, I had a really good comeback, but I was going to say, what am I, good. George Westinghouse? Because he created the, the air brake system on trains. That was a really big pull. But if you watch the show Archer, you might have gotten that <laughs> reference. Um, or at I least I can't the, believe you went back to explain all of that. Yeah, it was well, like it, and you don't even it's not even a joke in Archer. It's a joke that they would make like that in the show Archer. Yeah, I get it. It was I'm rambling, but I thought it was really funny in my dome. So I thought other people should they, you know what? People should spend just like four minutes inside my head. So there you go. That's what you get when you're inside my dome. We get um, a taste every week. I, I appreciate the the slight peaks behind the curtain I get. Yeah, yeah, and taste. Song by Tyga. See, it always has some, every word has a correlation to something else. Uh, you asked my, what, MVP for offense and defense, correct, and it can't be Patrick Mahomes? Correct, correct. Okay, uh, that's great, because offensively I had Patrick. No, no, no. Uh, offensively, I, if the Chiefs are going to be taken to the next level, I kind of want to say it's going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And hear me out. I'm the captain of running backs don't really matter, but I think he's going to be putting up insane counting stats this year. I think offensive line should be getting more of the credit because it's completely revamped, but with so many new guys in the offensive line, it's going to be difficult to point to one of them. So give it to Clyde. I think is going to be used a lot more in the passing game. I think we're going to see a lot more usage from him. when it comes to getting passes thrown his way, I think he's going to be very effective. I think that's his best trait. Also, he's going to get a lot of touchdowns. New offensive line. We're talking at some massive just bodies up front. We're going to see a lot more push going on, especially in the red zone. I think we're going to see a lot more touchdowns from Clyde. No longer will we see uh, four tops. No longer will we see uh, fourth and one in a 
weird screen pass to Blake Bell or Travis Kelsey going and trying to throw the ball to Patrick in the end zone. Like, we're gonna, just going to see, okay, let's just move the defensive line and let Clyde walk in. So all the county numbers are going to be up for Clyde. So offensively, that's who I'm going with. Mm. It, uh, wh- by the way, how many yards from scrimmage do you think? I mean, is he going to? Is he oh. nearing 2,000? Is he yeah. over at least 1,500? Yeah, I'd say 1,200 rushing. I'll give him 12 rushing, and I'll give him 700 receiving. So that's 1,900. I That seems about right, because I think Jarek McKinnon's still going to get some decent usage in the pass game. Okay. Boy, you're like nearing priestish numbers there. Uh, I mean, yeah. 2,000 is a is a monumental figure sure but they pass a lot more in the nfl right it's the running backs get a lot more receiving yards than they did in the past so i mean 700 yards receiving is a a good chunk in perspective that's better than anything uh anything better than mccall or d rob has ever done in the nfl yeah yeah uh who's your defensive mvp Mm. i'm gonna go legerious sneed and mm. it's not because I think Tyran or I don't think Honey Badger by any means or Chris Jones are taking a step back. Although I am interested to see how the move to pre- predominantly defensive end will affect the counting numbers for Chris Jones. I think it's because Legereus Sneed is going to be that good and he's going to be that impactful in the secondary. The secondary is much improved overall. And by allowing and having faith in guys like Mike Hughes and Chavarius Ward, that opens up and allows... Legereus need to be more of a playmaker. It's going to allow Legereus need to get after the quarterback, which obviously Spags enjoys doing. So I think Legereus is going to get some sacks. He's going to get a lot of interceptions. He'll be that versatile piece, that chess piece that you just put back there uh, and allows him to go out and make a play. So I like Legereus need as the defensive MVP for Kansas City. Mm. Love it, man. That boy, that would be really great to see Sneed make the leap in his second season to really, I mean, if he was doing that on a team like the Chiefs in prime time, he'd become a household name uh, like with that kind of a campaign. Oh, 100%. I think Legereus does become a household name. I don't think it's a Jalen Ramsey type of situation, but Marcus Peters made a name for himself here, and that was with a high volatility type of um you know, type of type of style. I mean, that's, you know, all or nothing. Legereus Sneed, I don't want to say he's all or nothing, but he is more on the aggressive side. Yeah. And he's not afraid to tackle. So no, he's not. He, he's, he's got not. that going for him. Uh, who, who do you got? Uh, on the offensive side, I'm going to go Joe Tooney. And, and uh, I think this offensive line is going to be everything that people want it to be. And uh, I think, you know, in the end, you got to give it to one player. And I, you know, Everyone is either brand new or new to a position. And I think by the season's end, we're going to say Joe Tooney has been, I'll bet all the offensive linemen on that line are going to go. It helps so much to have a proven anchor right in the interior to help the young guys grow, to help Orlando Brown make the transition to a different offense. He's been in that championship culture before and this line lost all their leaders. So you know, it just makes sense to me for for Tooney to kind of be the representative of that bunch. Um, and then on the defensive side, I you know I think Chris Jones is going to get fifteen plus sacks. So when you do that on a team like the Chiefs, I have a hard time picking anyone else. That's very fair. It's just 
I can't argue. When Kansas City, though, has so many guys to choose from, that's how you know they're so deep. Yeah, I really like great. your Joe Tooney pick. I, I wanted to pick someone on the offensive line because, you know me, I think O-line makes more of a difference and the running back themselves make a difference. I think O-line's the best predictor of running back success. It's just I think they're all going to be so good. It's it's going to be maybe a team award on the O-line. Like, is, is Niang, is it going to be Creed? Trey Smith looks like an absolute badass at right guard. So, I mean, it, it's just very difficult to pick one guy in the O-line who I think is going to be, yeah, that's the guy who uh, you got to give the MVP to. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, hey, let's, let's, uh, let's wind down the predictions into something more specific. The Browns are visiting... They're they're giving the Chiefs tons of bulletin board material by claiming they've got what it takes, that they should have won the game last year, that these new guys are going to make the difference, that they're healthy, ready to go, and and ready for the revenge game. Uh, like when they leave Arrowhead, what do you think is going to be the final score uh, over overhead? Uh, Chiefs 33, Browns 24. Uh, Jadavion Clowney, I think, just completely bundled all of his words. You can't be saying that when you've had, what, two, three sacks the past few seasons. If Jadavion Clowney didn't have that one hit in college, by the way, not the NFL, in college, would we still be talking about him? I get it. He's good against the run. But do you pay a defensive end that much to be good against the run? Like, I don't understand how that guy can talk so much bleep and not have any sort of self-awareness. Like, just to me, it's, dude, what have you done, Jadavian? You've been hurt. You haven't been very effective. Uh, Your market is not what you think it is. You thought you were a $20 million a year player. Obviously, you weren't when you got, what was it, one point, one year for... Like twelve and a half for the Titans, and I don't even know what it was this year. Less than that, yeah, ten. It was ten million for this year, so they're still paying through the nose. Yeah. So, uh, just to me, I, I don't understand him saying guards and interior linemen aren't athletes. That's just such an absolute, in my opinion, yeah. asinine take. Well, and and just today that you know their rookie linebacker um, out of Notre Dame, their second round pick, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. I think I'm saying that right. Anyway, you know he comes out and says, "Oh, if I would have been playing." Um, in that postseason game last year, I would have been able to stop Chad Henney on that play, you know, like, like, uh, you know, and he says, I'm ready to take on Travis Kels. So, you know, there's a lot of trash talking from some new guys, from some old guys. Um, I- I'm, I'm going, uh, Chiefs 30, Browns 10. I don't think it's particularly close. I think the Browns learn a lesson here about earning, um, their respect versus, you know, sort of demanding it up front and then trying to put, um, and then trying to walk the walk after that. Let and let's close out here. I got a sticky question for you, sir. Would you rather have Jadavian Clowney this year and this contract, or have Frank Clark this year and this contract and beyond? Oh, dude! Like if you could swap Frank Clark for Clowney right now at defensive end with the Browns, would you oh. do it? You got my balls in a blender right here. I I don't. Oh, Matt, I the contract situation is the only reason I'd lead probably towards Dave and Clowney. I think both are they're on the downswing. I I believe of their careers. 
I, I do like Frank Clark because I know he has shown up in the playoffs. So I, I, I have that feeling that he is a primetime performer. I am still a little bit nervous about that off the field issue. I have no idea what's going to come from it. Uh, maybe nothing. It looks like nothing is going to come from it, but <sighs> mm. I guess it's already paid and doesn't matter. You'd probably go if you're going just on a this year basis. I think Frank Clark is probably just as good, if not a better player. And I think he shows up in the playoffs. So, yeah, but I guess a, my thought exercise was you got to take the full contract as it is. Yeah, yeah full contract. I'm probably going with Jadavian, but uh, I begrudgingly like this is pulling teeth. This hurts me to do it. But you know, uh, I'm going to position your quote to say that you want Jadavian Clowney on the Chiefs. Yeah, please don't, dude. Please don't. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to just open my door sometime and I see Frank Clark being like, "You talking about me?" and just getting just tackled, breaking every bone in my body. Oh, I love it. I love it. It is not that, okay, Frank Clark. It's nothing against you, sir. It's the the very large contract and having multiple gun issues. Uh, maybe By the way, should... is it? Go ahead. That? Now, maybe I don't want to say the other guy when there's a guy who has multiple gun issues. Maybe That's... I should probably take his side. <laughs> I take the side of the SUV Lambo uh, every time. Hey, um, yeah, it, it it just occurred to me that contract just feels pretty John Dorsey esque, does it not? Yeah, that's a if I ever saw a John Dorsey esque contract, that is it. Yeah, and John Dorsey didn't do it, by the way. Just saying. But I mean, it's still Dorsey esque, you know. They're <laughs> like Salvador Perez right now is very Barry Bonds esque right now, but he's not Barry ooh, Bonds. He's ooh. Bonds esque. Yeah, yeah. Bonds esque. I love it. I love the crossover, my friend. See, we're doing a crossover episode over here. <laughs> All right. Take us out. All right. I'll get us out of here. I do want to say before we go out, huge shout out uh, to Zach. It, he wrote like the nicest review I've ever seen on Apple, um, Apple podcast. And I just want to say, we saw that and, and man, it was honestly, it just made my day it just, so thank you so much. We do read that stuff. It makes us really happy when we yeah, hear thank you, Zach. just dude, Matt, I don't know if you, if you've seen this, what, what he wrote, it's just, it made me emotional, man. It made me really, really happy. So Zach, thank you so much. We, we did see that. So hope everything's going well in your life. And we hope we're glad to be, be a part, honestly, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. This was the airhead addict podcast with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes going to have a lot of content coming for you guys, uh, pre and post when it comes to Kansas city chiefs beating the Cleveland Browns Woo! on Sunday for Matt Connor. I am Sterling Holmes. We are out for the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase. It's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Find easy ways to store your outdoor tools and accessories at Menards. Suncast provides high-quality and easy-to-assemble storage. Suncast storage sheds are the perfect solution for organizing and protecting your outdoor tools and equipment. Plus, their all-weather construction is low-maintenance. Explore all our outdoor storage options in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save. 